up, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 34 of the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Jacob Hughley, and I am joined today uh, by three, three wise men, three wise men in, in the wrestling community. Um, we are, well, let's go through the list to my left. We have Mr. Tony Rotundo. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing well. Thank you. All right. I see the, the Stanford jacket on. Rest in peace. <laughs> nah, let's not. We're we're not in the ground yet. Mm. But yeah, talk about it. Yeah, we'll get into that for sure. Um, but right below him, Mr. Jack Mueller. How you doing today, Jack? Doing great. Sore. <laughs> training hard. <laughs> Got to get back into the training hard, I guess. They're probably already training, but uh, maybe a little bit harder now. Yeah, I kind of figured it would happen last week. So past week has been pretty tough tough on the body really sore yeah well you told us last episode that you don't step on the scale until you feel all six abs so are we on the scale yet oh, or are yeah. you still fat yeah. no i was 138 yesterday so very cool we're back uh, into shape awesome and to his right uh, i don't know if this is how everybody sees it or not but at least in my mind uh earl smith from the open mat how you doing today earl Doing great, doing great, ready to talk some wrestling, and uh, yeah, excited about this uh, news we're going to talk about with Jack and uh, everything else. For sure, I'm jacked. I mean, there's, that's, I'm so excited for this match. I'm so excited. Um, this is really the one I wanted to see, so I'm glad that it all worked out. But oh yeah, let's. Uh, I mean, hell, let's just jump into talking about that first. Start off with the happy news and progressively get depressed. Um, but yeah, so it is officially announced by flow that, uh, they added a match to the July 25th card. And that's going to be our man, Jack Mueller, uh, versus RBY over at Penn state, Roman Bravo young. Um, I'm so excited. I, yeah, dude. What do you got to say fireworks. about it? I mean, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> I feel like every time RBY wrestles, I mean, it's a lot of action. A lot of movement and I kind of like that you know it plays into my game pretty well so I think it'll be fun I know he's not super big either so weight's not gonna be an issue um I don't know you know I think that uh we've got similar like best wins like he's beaten DeSanto I've beaten DeSanto um you know he's uh we've had similar matches and He's got a uh, very good folk style game. I wonder how it translates into freestyle. I know last summer it wasn't like an ideal season for him, so I think he he didn't make the junior team. But um, but I mean he's brings the fireworks. He brings the action. So I'm really excited to wrestle him. I think it'll be fun. I'm wondering how much how much freestyle he typically trains in like last summer if. Do you think he was training a lot of freestyle or just kind of like jumped into it after folk style? Just, you know, he's done it before, obviously. Why not try? Well, from like my experience in college, it's like, yeah, it's, you take a couple weeks off after NCAAs and then it's freestyle. Um, and then after the trials and stuff, then it's back to folk style. At least that's for me. So I'd assume he's doing something similar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like a full-time thing obviously for sure um no i'm excited yeah i mean this matchup because me me and jack were kind of talking about it and like you know obviously we kind of 
talked about it on Twitter and got it out there and, and like thought how it would be an awesome matchup, but you know, RBY is in college. And so we had to get through all the compliance issues and like definitely some times where we thought it wasn't going to happen. Um, and so we, we thought about other matchups, but I'm so happy that it ended up being this one because this one's just going to be, like you said, it's going to be fireworks. And some of those other matchups, I was like, like I would love to see Russell Gilman. I'd love to see Russell Tomasello, all those guys, but they're kind of more like controlled, like slower pace matches. Whereas I think you and RBY is just going to be wild. So, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, three nights ago or something like that, three or four nights ago, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. And Mike Mal like DM me and was like, Hey, you want to wrestle Pletcher? And I was like, uh, sure. <laughs> like I'm like 40 right now, but I'll wrestle Pletcher if y'all want me to. Um, because they, they just knew I wanted to wrestle. So, yeah. I mean that would have been that would have been a lot of weight to give up for sure. But I think RBY, he's a competitor, and I mean he's pretty pumped about it. I'm pretty pumped about it. That's gonna make for some good action. You know I don't want to sit there and just stand in the middle. So uh, let's make it happen. You know. So watch out for the backflips. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Tony? What do you think about this matchup? I think it's a great matchup. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm planning to be there. Heck yeah. To shoot it, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a great one. I'm going to have to, like, intercept you at the airport and hide in your bag and uh, make it over there. <laughs> well, yeah. Just, you know, I carry a lot of gear, so it'll be fine. No worries. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, it's going to be um, pretty tight scene it sounds like um i don't think there's gonna be a, and and hopefully it happens i mean you know um fingers toes crossed on that one yeah it's gotta happen yeah. i think if it doesn't happen like this weekend in this venue like it won't change my mind that i want to do it you know yeah. if they find a better place that's more calm heck freaking fly me out to alaska i'll do it there i don't care just get me on the mat let me yeah. compete you know we'll just find an alley somewhere put a mat down there we yeah. go um what about you earl what do you what do you think about it yeah, how man. badly how badly is jack gonna lose it's the real question <laughs> I, I was gonna go through betting odds with you but uh we'll wait for another time um <laughs> really, really i think uh this has the potential to be actually the most action-paced uh match of the card thus far like Dake and Shimizu, that's, that's a great matchup. It's going to have some great flurries, but I don't know if it's going to be, you know, six minutes of continuous action, you know, based on both of their styles. You know, Downey Taylor seems a little lopsided. You know, I think this could be, you know, six minutes of fun. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Who knows, though? You know, last time I was telling, telling Jack the other day, like last time I watched him in a freestyle match, beat the streets i was thinking oh this is gonna be a fun match him pitching like i'm excited to watch this and then he teched him in like no time so who knows Aye. yeah yeah who knows um yeah usually i just get a get a good knack if i'm in shape for freestyle it's pretty it's pretty dangerous sometimes i'm not in shape like the trials last year i wasn't in shape i lost like 20 pounds in a week made the weight 
wrestled Zane Richards, won that match, puked like six or seven times afterwards, and then wrestled Darian, and I was like, terrible match for me. I lost the edge, lost the battle on the edge a few times. So I think we got to make some kind of bet. You know, you don't tech him, then you got to admit on live TV that <laughs> I'm a better wrestler than you or something like that. <laughs> we'll know. see. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm stoked about it. It's going to be awesome. Um, and you know, we have other news you know, from the wrestling community, not as much fun, obviously. Um, first one, I guess we'll, we'll progressively get worse. Um, the first one is the Ivy league, uh, calling it off for sports for the fall semester. So there will be no Ivy league sports before Christmas this year, for sure. So what are we feeling about that? Like, do we think that that maybe kickstarts NCAA talks into moving wrestling to second semester sport or are Ivy just screwed? Are we not wrestling? Like, what do you guys think? I talked to Garland uh, about it. Like, I don't know when I was still there in Virginia and he was talking about how they were already thinking about making it a spring sport. So they were talking with the NWCA and being like, Hey, let's just make it spring. Let's just uh, push it back a couple months and make it spring because right now, like, there's no way that there's any matches in fall. Like, it's not getting any better. If anything, it's getting worse. Um, people are freaking out. I think that people are taking more precautions, which is a good thing. I think people are like, okay, this is serious. Let's wear a mask. Let's stay six feet apart. Let's stay at home when we can um sort of thing so i think it will get better but like right now i mean we're kind of i don't know i feel like we've been at the peak for months now so who knows yeah for sure i don't know tony what do you guys what are your thoughts on it um what i heard was right january 1st would be the air quote start um so that i i i see wrestling being pushed in the best case scenario with this um you know, I they're allowed to practice, from what I read. So, you know, if it's a competition after January first, I think that that could actually work. I I'm in favor of uh, moving it to a spring sport, and this could be the catalyst for that. Um, it's certainly going to give us a feel for it. Now, you know, it's a shortened season, obviously, or truncated season, because you know we're going to miss the um the tournaments like we'll miss cklv and that sort of thing but and the duels that happened before january 1st but um i think that in from my you know view of it and i'm kind of with jack um starting january 1st the fact that we do go over two semesters um that's kind of a best case scenario yeah, yeah for sure how about you, Earl? Yeah, I mean, this this whole moving to the spring semester, this is something that people have kind of talked about for a while, and uh, it's probably in the best interest of our athletes to to do that. Um, if <clears throat> this is the push that gets us there, you know, as far as there are no other negative repercussions, then, you know, I'm good with it. If, if uh, some of the other bigger conferences start doing this because of football, then, you know, there could be some negative stuff down the line but if this is just how it is right here that's all you know i think it could end up being 
a net positive. Yeah. 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 I'm terrified if there's no football. There's no football, like, there's no funding for sports at all because basketball can't pick up that slack. Most basketball teams are in the red. Like, if they're in the green, it's barely in the green. Or or they're, like, a UVA who's really good at basketball, but we're still not making anywhere near as much money in basketball as we are in football. No football is dangerous for the sport of wrestling. Um, We've got to push for football. but like, like when I was competing, five months in this like one season for five months was a long time. Plus two months of preseason. We were starting in September, the like second week of school, and then we were ending in March. It's a long time. It's it's hard on the body. It's hard on the mind. Um, cutting weight during uh, winter like or fall finals is pretty tough. Um, missing weeks of school to go out to Las Vegas or NCAA. It's like, it's pretty brutal. It's like last year we went to Vegas. We missed Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then the next week we started finals on Tuesday. So it was like, we were gone Wednesday through Sunday, Monday, we studied Tuesday finals started. Needless to say, I did terrible on those finals, but, you know, like, move it so we're only dealing with one semester of work so athletes can can front load their classes Um, because it's difficult when you can't manage, like, your tough classes into a a good semester. I don't know. Just the thought. Yeah, for sure. And, like, you know, obviously you guys are talking about, you know, college and, you have a lot of experience in that college system and how all that works. Uh, I'm, I'm for moving it to a second sport in high school or a second semester sport in high school as well. Um, this will be my sixth year coaching high school wrestling, and it like it would just be so much easier on everybody, man. Like, you know, it, for the major the majority of the time, wrestlers are generally good students, right? So you generally don't have to worry about their grades, but um, you definitely have kids every year that you're kind of like halfway through the season, right? Really getting into crunch time and getting into shape and, and making sure that we're, you know, doing everything right. And then they're on vacation for like two or three weeks. And so they, they go home and get fat or whatever. And they also have finals and all those kind of things. And you're like, I go from coach for like a month to like chasing you around babysitter, making sure you're passing all your classes you know, and then like, it's, it's insane. It's like when I'm supposed to like really be crunching down, like, you know, getting into the, the nitty gritty of things, I'm making sure that, that Johnny's passing, you know, science or whatever. And it's, I think it would just be all around better if it was a second semester sport, you know, I'm still going to be on my guys and make sure they're passing their classes and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, like I said, wrestlers, you generally don't worry that much about with academics and, you know, it'd be one thing if I'm chasing them around in the preseason versus you know halfway through the year and uh yeah you've already got a month's competition under your belt and then they're they hit winter break dude let the kids have fun man let them let them be kids i'd say make it a spring sport make it make it start in february and end in in april or may heck yeah Um, i think that would be good good for everyone because i mean wrestling's hard especially when you start at a young age that's why we have so much burnout it's like 
oh yeah you can't eat thanksgiving because you have a tournament tomorrow yeah i'm like no. seven or eight years old like let me let me be a kid let me have fun let me uh it's just a thought i mean i started wrestling when i was three so i haven't really had a thanksgiving ever the only time i can remember having a thanksgiving is when i was redshirting and then i got my red shirt pulled two weeks after thanksgiving i was really regretting it <laughs> so is, is there the story of why you wrestled 133 no i i went 25 you went 25 I at, that year i was weighing like oh, 152 yeah, right. and i was like i'll wrestle if you'll need me and louis louis couldn't make weight and so i was like i'll go 25 like i want to i was going to do it next year anyways like if you need me i'll i'll make the weight so i lost like 27 pounds made it and then never looked back i don't think i've ever been that heavy again <laughs> jack mueller the ultimate team man no i'm not trying to weird brag it i'm just saying that's how big i was because i wanted to have a thanksgiving for once in my life oh, you're good you're good man no it's fine it's fine <laughs> all right like you had two or three thanksgivings <laughs> yeah dude i still have a picture of the plate I'll have to send it to y'all after. I'll I'll put it on Twitter. Like maybe, maybe after the match. I don't want I don't want to give RBY the mental edge. Oh, he's eating that. <laughs> All right. No, the only other thing we got to talk about before we jump into our actual match is uh Stanford. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna Tony. You want to start us off? You're wearing the wearing the gear up there. Yeah. So um, Stanford yesterday announced that they're gonna drop eleven sports programs. Now they have, they carry some of the highest number of sports programs outside of Harvard who carries, I think 40, 40 sports. They carry something like 36 or 37. Now, um, some of those sports are almost kind of club sports now because they don't have like six of them don't actually have NCAA affiliation, right? So, you know, it, it, it's a bummer for them, but they're, they're going to have a harder road to try to come back. If, if any of the sports can come back, I think the ones that don't have, aren't officially NCAA sports, they're going to struggle. Now, wrestling, obviously, NCAA sport um, has a strong tradition at Stanford. I spent a lot of time yesterday trying to look up when they actually started their wrestling program. I, I've seen photos of, you know, it looks like the early turn of the century. Um, so let's call it maybe 1920 kind of thing. That, so it's been there a long time. Um, it is a shock that they've uh, they dropped wrestling. You know, for me, I, I want to get T-shirts made that are just like ellipsis, you know, and wrestling because it just sucks to read that list. It sucks to read any list of sports that are getting dropped, but to read this list and have to go and be like, oh, you know sweet god don't include wrestling and then you know it's like men and women sailing and this stuff and then of course it's and wrestling and your heart just sinks right because we you know it's a it's a great um it's a great school it it produces incredibly talented um student athletes uh they're on the rise you know they just you know Jason Borelli and, and staff are just fully invested. It's just a tragic loss. And then, of course, everybody's bringing up the endowments. And I think there are actually two. There's a university endowment of $27 billion, And then there's an athletics endowment. I'm not sure the, the numbers on the athletics endowment. Now, 
people need to understand that if you have if you have a twenty seven billion dollar endowment, yes, you have a lot of money in your coffers, but you can't just allocate that any way you want. There are rules in terms of how these endowments work, and they're actually a collection of um, of smaller donations. So, like, let's say my wife and I donate. Two hundred thousand dollars. We might allocate. We might dictate where we want that to go. We want that to go to athletics, or we want it to go to the chemistry department, or whatever. And so, you you know, it's not quite as simple. And granted, you know, it's you know, so their athletics, they're they're trying to save twenty five million a year. So if you have twenty seven billion and you're trying to save twenty five million, you know, you probably could find that money. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's going to be their case, at least for wrestling. Is just like, don't just throw us in with some of these other sports that aren't affiliated with the NCAA. Like, just, you know, we're a million-dollar sport. Like, you, you can find that in your $27 billion. Um, it's, but it's not as – just so people realize, like, it's not like they have a savings account of $27 billion and then they can just withdraw from that however they want. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Um, the endowment needs to, it's in perpetuity, so it needs to be generating money, um, you know, through however they've invested it forever. And that's, those are kind of the rules. And so it's giving scholarships, it's, you know, it's going to a lot of things at the university, not just athletics. So it is a lot of money, though, a lot more money than uh, a, a lot of schools are operating with. So, you know, just to give some perspective, like they can't just pull it out. They don't go and use an ATM card and just pull it out and say, OK, here, you take this money, you take that money. It's like it, there are rules around how they can spend it and they can't just spend it all, though they could come up with a little bit of cash to keep this program going, I'm sure. Yeah. So this is what this is what the sports were that, that got dropped. And I'm pretty sure only one other one is sponsored by the NCAA. Men and women's uh, fencing, field hockey, lightweight rowing, men's rowing, co-ed and women's sailing, squash, synchronized swimming, men's volleyball, and wrestling. And I'm pretty sure the only other one that's NCAA affiliated is field hockey. Um, well, like, men's, men's volleyball was in the national championship a couple of years ago. Yeah, but, like, if you go to the NCAA website, are you going to be able to look up, like, like news on men's volleyball? I don't think so. I mean, these sports, they take a lot of money to compete in. Um, like, how much gear do you need for men and women's fencing? Probably a lot. Rowing, you need a boat. You need oars. You need a boathouse. You need stuff to keep the boats looking good. Whatever. Sailing, you need a sailboat for that, right? Like squash, you need like so much money. Wrestling, so you just need shoes. You just need yeah. wrestling shoes in a singlet. <laughs> like it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous that they threw in wrestling with that. Like you're not going to get any, like comparatively, you're not going to get any money compared to what you're going to get when you cut sailing. Like, oh, we can get rid of all this equipment. Yeah, we can make some money off that. Oh, we don't need to buy any more of this. Like, yeah, we're going to make a lot of money. Like, it's just so ridiculous that they threw it in there. It's almost like they just wanted to. Yeah, I mean, 
there were more reasons in terms of participation, um, youth participation. I mean, they, 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 they did their homework, as you can imagine, at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think all of those arguments, I think Jason and the, the you know, Ray Blake, the coaches there, uh, will sit down. At, you know, Jason put out an, a, a very well-tempered note to the community that basically they're, they're going to listen. They're going to, you know, create a plan and they're going to execute a plan in terms of trying to get the sport back. Um, I'm sure they're going to go and reason with folks. Um, whether or not they succeed, I'm not sure, but, you know, we're all, we're all hoping they do. And for me personally, so I live in San Francisco. This is the closest D1 school to me. It's about 40 minutes away. Um, if they drop their program, then the next closest would be uh, Fresno, which is four hours away, three and a half, um, mm. Fresno State. Um, and then Cal Poly, and then you're looking at like Oregon State. So you're looking at a flight. So for me, I'm like, this is kind of crushing because it was the closest for me to see some other Division One teams stuff. So it's, yeah, it, it hits home. Yeah. And then they have three ranked guys, um, two that are unreal, Real Woods and Shane Griffith. Both have promising careers ahead of them. Um, Seth, Seth, I wish Seth was on because he's real high on, on Real Woods and he's like trained with him and he, he likes him a lot. And he's been saying like, hey, this guy is going to be a sleeper. This guy's going to be really freaking good. Um, Shane Griffith was undefeated going into the Nationals last year. I would have loved to see him compete. Um, Jaden Abbas. Jaden Abbas is coming up. Yeah, I forgot. Like, uh, real queer Vandermeer. Um, very tough. Top 15 guy. I mean, they were good. Yeah. So. I have a question. What do you guys think they're going to do? Because they have that they said that they were planning to drop the program after the season, right? So let's say that whatever happens, let's say we get through a season of some sort this year, right? If you're a guy like, especially the, the top guys, Shane Griffith, Real Woods, man, like all those guys that are expected to compete for titles or like high level AA finishes, are you wanting to get out now? and spend the rest of your career somewhere else? Or are you wanting to, to stay and then look at your options after this year? I would guess they would want to stay and, you know, see what happens and explore your options. Um, and this isn't, you know, some low-level functioning academic institution. You know, these guys are at Stanford for a reason. So, you know, if I'm sure ideally they're going to want to get a Stanford degree um, as well as doing what they're going to do wrestling-wise. So I would guess they kind of wait it out and see what happens, but, you know, who knows? Imagine the look if, let's say the NCAAs happen, and let's say one or two of them win the NCAAs. I mean, imagine if two of them won. Imagine if Stanford, you know, this is the thing. This is going to come down to coaching. This is, you know, because it's coaching for life, right? And so – um Imagine if they broke the top five. I, I, I'm not sure if they could do that, but like, you know, what would be really great is to- Even top 10. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it would be, yeah. So let's say they broke top 10. Um, that's one way that they could, it would go a long way. And I'm sure, and you know, it, may, it would make the institution look terrible. 
right, to be dropping a sport where you have national champions in it. So hopefully that, the, you know, Jason and team can, can keep everybody calm and, um, and focused through the season as they prepare kind of their, their, their defense of this. I can just – I can see it both ways. And I guess I'm kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit. But, like, like you guys are saying, um, and that probably be, would be more of my mentality of, like, these are the guys I pick. So like, I'm going to stick with them. I'm going to train my butt off. I'm going to try to win a national title and change everybody's views on this. Um, and maybe, you know, it, 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 we're still around and they keep the program. They decided to change their decision. I can also see the other side, though, like especially if you're a guy like like Real Woods or Shane Griffith where you're only one year in, um, like, okay, well, if I'm going to have to leave, then picking, you know, finding the, the place that you're going to have to go to, right, because let's say that, that nothing changes and, and they get rid of it. Like, they're going to leave. They're going to go somewhere else. So find that place where you're going to go and then, I mean, just I can also see just go start because I'm going to be there, you know, basically my whole career if I leave now. I mean, I, I can see both ways. I don't know. I guess it just yeah. depends. Depends on the person. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. So do you guys want to talk any more about that? Maybe where you, you think, Oh, we, we forgot to talk about one thing. Let's get back off this depressing topic. Jack uh, was going to, going to drop a guess on something. So I'll let him, let him go. All right. So I don't know. I'm nervous that I'm going to jinx it. I won't jinx it. I'll, I'll give you all a hint. He's got a really, really nice lefty headlock and he hits it against Iowa guys. Hold up. Hold up. What are we talking about for the people that are listening? Who is going to wrestle Luke Pletcher July 25th in Austin, Texas? Okay. He's a guy. Um, who has a nice lefty headlock against Iowa guys. Um, and he hasn't been in wrestling in a while. Hasn't been wrestling in a while. <sighs> you you got to give me just a little bit more. Mm, this one would really hurt you, Jacob, I think. I'm sure it would. <laughs> <laughs> it's pre-Jacob because Jacob was a fan in what, 2010? Yeah, just, be just before your time. So you're trying to bring back a guy from, like, Just, like right before. Oh, seven, oh, eight, nine. I, I know who you're talking about. I know. <laughs> Look at your shirt, Jacob. My oh, okay. I would love <laughs> to see that. I'd love to see. If, so if you're watching, perks of watching. Well, back. <laughs> perks of watching. Uh, I, I wore this shirt for Jack just so I could show him that I have ACC shirts, but he still hasn't sent me a Virginia shirt. So. Dude, I, like, what size are you? I'll try and get one. Large. Large, gotcha. I'm a very large man. Just kidding, I'm not. I'm 5'8 on a good day. Um, but, yeah, let's go ahead and get in this thing, man. We're, what were we, well, like 30 are you minutes in? name or you're not going to, that, that's, that's, that's what you're going to That's gonna the do. hint, Tony. If you don't got it, you don't got it. Right. You took it. I'm sure you've taken a lot of pictures of them. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I have, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there. I'm Come a, on. I'll NC say State, it. NC State, 2009 NCAA champ, 149. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> this layer this of Iowa. Wow. Re yeah, you know, somebody, somebody alluded to that, and I'm like, 
Really? He he commented on the their Instagram. That must have been it. Yeah. Mm. Um wow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like I can also see I could also see a certain Penn State guy that might have met him in the finals. I can also see that going down since they already have the inside track with the Penn State and compliance and everything right now. I think that'd be my other guess is maybe maybe Nick Lee. Um, Nick Lee, Joey McKenna. Those would yeah. be like Joey McKenna would be really fun. That I was thinking since uh, Flo tends to like Etchemendia, they would maybe try yeah. to. Yeah, would be fun. Get the guy a competition. Everyone wants to see mm-hmm. him wrestle against some good competition. Mm-hmm. For sure. Can oh, you imagine? Can you imagine if they had Etchemendia wrestle and he comes out and just puts the smackdown on Pletcher? Can That'd be wild. Imagine what people would be like. My head would explode. Like I already I think, think the dude's awesome. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot of hype. Yeah. Uh, you think he'll live up to it? The, I don't know. It's a lot of hype. Like it'd be disappointing if he like didn't win at least two NCAA titles. For sure. Right. And if he doesn't like come out and give Yanni like a heck of a match right away, like that sort of thing. Like I don't. I don't know. That's all. That's a lot of hype to live up to. Um. So yeah. Lot. Well, we're gonna we're gonna lose Jack in not too long because uh certain. Certain uh, ex-Virginia Cavaliers have to go and, and train in order to, to wrestle matches here in the next couple of weeks. Yes, uh, sir. So, uh, with the interest of time, let's go ahead and get into our, our duel that we're supposed to do today. Um, and, and we'll just take a real quick look back what happened last episode. If you weren't tuned in with us, um, you can always go check it out. That's episode number 33 of the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast on all Apple all platforms, podcasting platforms, including Apple. Um, but the um, last semifinal, the number four seed took out the number one seed and just an absolute beatdown. Uh, 2018 won over 2005, 22 to nine. Uh, just kicked the crap out of them. There, there might have been some collusion on the part of one Seth Gross uh, because he's in that team, but uh, or on that team. But the other semifinal, we're gonna have we're about to get into 2013, which is the two seed versus the 14 seed 2004. Literally the third lowest seeded team in the semifinals. Um, and we're about to about to get into that matchup. They're so, gonna give them a heck of a match too. Oh yeah, it's yep. crazy. They look good. <laughs> yep. I was watching the finals yesterday. Watched a few of them. So Damn. yeah. Yeah. I had to work on my recency bias, according to Joe DeBue. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was yelling at you guys the last show when I listened to it. What What were y'all mad about? Because I feel like there was no like I think Travis Lee would beat Seth. Sorry, Seth. What other ones were really bad? You lost that one. No, I lost that one. But like like even Sam said that it was pretty bad on the recency bias. I don't know. I need to look it up. Whatever. I think Sam was just agreeing with, with other people. <laughs> Typical Sam. Um, what do you think about starting at 125? I think that uh, – Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Earl, do you have – did you have, like, a target to start at? 
Um, well, that works because I got some new information about your top three or your first three guys if we're going 125. Interesting. That sounds good to me. Um, I think I think 65 through 97, it probably just crazy matchups. So that's that's a good one to start at. Just go from the top, 125. So uh, 2013 versus 2004. Um, Earl, I believe you have both of them. Um, but – which one do you want to give Jack to go through? Uh, I'll give Jack 2013. There you go, Jack. Tell us who's in 2013. Uh, man, I'm not ready for this. Okay, Jesse Delgado, Logan Stieber, Kendrick Maple, Jordan Oliver, Derek St. John, Kyle Date, Chris Perry, Ed Ruth, Quentin Wright, and Tony Nelson to round it off. All right, Earl, 2004. Yeah, sometimes I'm such a great coach and have two teams in the semifinals. I'll go with 2004. <laughs> Got Jason Powell, Nebraska, Zach Roberson, Iowa State, Cliff Moore, Iowa, Jesse Jansen of Harvard, Matt Gentry of Stanford, Troy Letters, Lehigh, Chris Pendleton, Oklahoma State, Greg Jones, West Virginia, Damian Hahn of Minnesota, and Tommy Rollins of Ohio State at heavyweight. Awesome. Um, man. You know, actually, thinking about it now, Jack, I mean, since you're going to have to leave early, wh where do you want to start? I don't want to have to – I don't want to have to, you know, leave you with the matches you, you least want to talk about. Let's start with 25. I'm fine with that. Let's with that? start with, with my expertise. All right. Um, but I need to figure out what year these guys are. You're good. I'm sure Sure, Earl can help you out since he's such a great coach and is so good at this. He probably knows all of it. Um, so 2013, Jesse Delgado. <sighs> Earl, which title is this for Jesse Delgado? Uh, this is title number one, his uh, sophomore year. Wow. All right. Um, Jack, do you got to – or actually, let's just let's start on the other side. Earl, tell us about Jason Powell. All right, Jason Powell, he was a senior from Nebraska this year, went 26-2, and three-time All-American. Um, he beats Rob Redman from Drexel in the quarters, Sam Hayeswinkle 6-3 in the semis, and Kyle Otts 17-2, Tech Fall in the finals. So digging in a little bit more on Jason, um, he won Vegas this year. That was his big tournament. He beat Mark Mose of Michigan 4-2 in the finals. Um, he lost to Sam Hayeswinkle at the dual, or at the uh, Big 12 championships. It was a little weird. He still got the one seat after that. He beat Hayeswinkle in the duel that year. Um, he lost to a guy named Bryce Landhart of Wyoming in a duel who did not qualify for nationals this year and did not qualify until 2006. So that was his only other loss. And this weight class was a little weird because your number two seed was Luke Eustace from Iowa, who was a past uh, runner-up who didn't place this year. And then Tom Klum, your Big Ten champion, was the four seed, and he didn't place either. Oh, wow. Um, so that's a, a little bit more on Jason Powell. All right, Jack, are you ready? Let's put that yeah. UVA education to use. All right, so Jesse Delgado's run this year, he went through a uh, – Freshman Nathan Kreiser um, beat him 10-7 in the quarters. Then he uh, beat Nashon 10-5 in the um, semis and then beat Nico Megalutis in the finals of a score of 7-4. He was the two seed this year. Alan Waters was the one. McDonough was the three. Um, 
this was the year that McDonough did not place. Um, and then we got Jared Garnett, um, pretty tough weight class. Uh, this was when Delgado kind of took off as the, the dominant force at 125. Or, I mean, kind of dominant. He didn't seem to lose, but he, um, he won the close ones. So I think we got to mention, too, before talking about it more, uh, whoever does these brackets, man, we got to find out who does these brackets and, like, get them to slow down. Like, stop drinking energy drinks before or whatever. Because I don't know if you guys noticed, but on the brackets for 2013, we have – It's bad. We have Nietzsche Megalutis, and we have Mike McDonough, whoever the hell Mike McDonough is. And Nashon Nashon Garrett is Jared Garnett in two of them. Uh, (laughs) So you got to be careful when you're you're reading through this. Yeah, switching. So we have a match on here that is Jared Garnett versus Mike McDonough, which is technically Nashawn Garrett versus Matt McDonough. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Well, this matchup. I mean, what do you what are you guys seeing in this matchup? Uh, for me personally, um, I'm a big Jesse Delgado fan. I think that you know the scrambles are amazing. The dude just always seems to get out of the the best shot. I mean. The leg pass situations, I, that was just a guy that kind of like was just so scrambly and hard to score on and always came out on top on in all these crazy situations. Um, but, I mean, looking at it, Delgado had a win over Nashon and, and Nico in the national tournament, which is obviously two huge wins. Um, but, dude, Jason Powell beat Sam Hayeswinkle in the semifinals and then Tech Falls – Kyle Lott in the finals. That tech fall in the finals is like is something, man. Um, I think I'm leaning Jason Powell. So I'm gonna take Jason Powell in a decision here. Um and, and I might be wrong, but I'll, I'll kick to somebody else and uh we'll get going. Tony, what do you what do you got? Well, th- these are the kind of matchups that make this both fun and frustrating because it's hard to find a lot of video on Jason Powell. Um, trying to do some homework on this. Um, I'm a big uh, Delgado fan. Um, He, he grew up around, you know, out, out this way. And so um, my gut uh, was going Delgado um, on a decision, but uh, I, it's just frustrating because trying to, in my mind, see these two wrestlers, it's like they, they both kind of had to take a tough path I mean, Delgado, as you guys just mentioned, um, had a really tough weight class that um, that he got through, uh, and um, I think that he has a unique enough style that um, I'm going Delgado and decision over Powell. All right, one and one. Who should I leave last? Hmm. Leave me last. All right, easy. Earl, what you got? Yeah, I, uh, I think the style would be pretty uh, intriguing just because um, I don't know if there are too many guys like Jesse Delgado uh, wrestling at the time of Jason Powell. So um, I feel like that could, uh, that could shut down power, that, that, I don't know, frustrate him or whatever. But uh, I think in a one-off, I'd have to pick Jesse Delgado. But, uh, you know, there, there's good points for either guy, you know. Yeah. Um, so you got Jesse Delgado and, and Jack, yeah. what do you got? 
Uh, well, I'm assuming the, uh, the poll says Delgado, so I'm not feeling too pressured here. Um, I don't know. Just a guy like Delgado is – I mean, he had such good defense in terms of – it was hard to get to his leg in the, in the first place, and then once you got to his leg, it got way harder. Yeah. And not only would it get harder, it'd be dangerous too because Delgado could score from there. Um, Jason Powell – uh, very great on on top. Um, beat Hayeswinkle has really good wins. He also has a tech fall over another Illinois guy, which makes me think that you know maybe he just has their number. But uh, I'm gonna go with with Delgado and the and the just the way it's impossible to score on him because if you can't score, you can't win. Dude, there's been what two tech falls in the finals in the past twenty years. Mm-hmm. David Clark. Taylor, Mitch, Mitch Clark was in ninety something, wasn't okay, it? Okay, well, Derek, Derek Moore, Derek Moore, yeah. Derek Moore Derek three, Moore. three tech falls in the finals in the last twenty years. I mean, that's just unheard of. Um, well, this is sort of where we need, you know, um, we need to talk about Kyle Ott then because it's like. What, what's his pedigree and stuff you can go down rabbit holes with this um but yeah and we don't Earl, we don't have any video on that match do we um i, I do on the finals uh Ott got the first takedown and then i think it was a reversal and all downhill from there Ott was kind of like uh kind of like a Zach Sanders body type where if there was the old 118 he probably would have been the guy there so maybe slightly undersized, but extremely fast, good on his feet. Um, Isn't it weird how no one's undersized anymore? There's yeah. no 125s that are undersized. Everyone's way too big. Like, I think everyone would be okay if it bumped up to 130. I don't know about that. What about a dude from Ohio State, Heinzelman? Like, he's getting bigger every year, though. The only person that I can think of that is undersized, for real, is Kurt McHenry. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's so undersized now. that he can't even wrestle. Yeah. But, all right. I was outvoted. Um, Jesse Delgado takes this win in this first matchup, and, and we'll keep moving. Uh, 133 pounds, Logan Steber of Ohio State versus Zach Roberson of Iowa State. Do you, Earl, do you want to kick us off with Zach Roberson? Sure. Zach Roberson was a senior here. He was the five seed, went 31 and three this year, three-time All-American going first, fourth, and seventh. At the tournament, he beats Foley Dowd from Michigan in the quarters, three to one. Uh, Defending champion Travis Lee from Cornell, uh, six to three in the semis. And then he beats Josh Moore, five to four in the finals. Uh, doing a little more digging on Zach. Um, he was pinned by Johnny Thompson, two-time defending champion in the Big 12 finals. He also lost to Thompson in uh, the dual meet. I could not find his third loss that year. He was also the champion of champions at the Midlands that year. I believe uh, Trent was the OW as a freshman, Jack. Um, at the Midlands, he beats uh, Mark Jane, from Illinois, who is seventh in the country in the finals. He beats his eventual finals opponent, Josh Moore from Penn State in the finals. And he beats another All-American, Matt Sanchez from Bakersfield. So uh, pretty pretty solid year. <laughs> uh, I don't know about Logan Steber, but uh, pretty darn good year. Yeah, um, so... Go sorry. ahead, Jack. 
Okay, so Stieber's NCAAs was a pin in the first period over the Duke guy, a pin in the first period over Shelton Mack, a tech fall over Cody Brewer in the quarters, a tech fall over AJ Shop in the semis, and then a 7-4 victory over Tony Ramos in the finals. That's unreal. <laughs> that is unreal. I mean, holy smokes. I didn't know it was that good. He freaking tech Cody Brewer and teched AJ Shop. Real. I I mean, my vote's Steber. Uh, I know Robert – is this year that Roberson beat Travis Lee in the semis? Yeah. I'm big on Travis Lee. Um, and I know that Roberson did this thing where he would go caller and shuck it by. And he was like one of the first people to do it. And he got everyone with it. It was like his, his bread and butter. It was so, yep. so fun. Uh, when Trent and Travis got there, that was the first thing Travis taught me. He was like, oh, you do like your pass by? Here, work on this, work on this, work on this. And sure enough, it would open up stuff to the other side. And um, I would go Roberson, Chuck to high C on the other side because I'm a lefty and it would work. But he had this weird, uh, weird style, but Steve I, I've just heard things that he was just so unheard of strong. Like, like, um, just didn't, wasn't like a, a 33 pounder, felt like a 74 pounder sort of thing. Um, and it clearly showed because he was so good on top, so good on his feet. Um, yeah, everywhere. I, I think he, they're going to game plan this match. He's not going to fall into that left side shock too much you know he he takes those low what look like kind of crappy um singles and then makes money off of them um he's always done that uh you know so i think he's kind of stays out of roberston's you know left side shock and then once he gets on top he was just dominant um on everybody plus what is what does steber do when you collar tie him he shucks he does yeah. his own pass by yeah um and he's dominant with it Yep. I'm going Steber by major, just the top game and then the feet game, and especially just what he did in this NCAA tournament. Um, Roberson's had a few losses um, in that year, and he put together a very good tournament, but he hasn't wrestled anyone like this Steber for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. It's got to be Steber. I mean, that run, yeah, a tech fall over a national champ in the quarterfinals – tech fall over shop and then you know Ramos obviously that was the match where we even talked with Tony when he was on the show um where he locked up that cradle and it was kind of controversial where he maybe should have got some back points but um I liked his response and even saying like he didn't complain about it or anything he was just like yeah man I could have held him there I could have done more could have held him there longer I could have done this and um I really I really admire somebody that just you know, set, puts it on themselves and doesn't say, oh, yeah, it was an awful call. I should have got it. No doubt. Um, yeah. For sure. You know, the one uh, – listening to that show, the one thing you got – you talked about Ramos' stare, stare down, right? And the thing that that struck me was that they'd had zero intimidation factor um, on Steber. If you go back and watch uh, or look at even the photos, he almost is smirking. You know, he's chewing his mouth guard like he does, but Ramos is sitting there in that stare down position that he took, right? And trying to intimidate Steber. And Steber's just got this smile on his face like, I'm going to beat you and you're not intimidating me. You know, uh, it's, it's pretty funny to look to watch and, and see like uh, Steber was not intimidated by Ramos in that stare down.
Yeah. I loved uh, the picture of them from the Big 12 or Big 10 finals that year where uh, Ramos is being restrained, ready to, looks like he's going to punch him in the face. Yeah. And Logan just has his hand out really nonchalant, like kind of unfazed, like Tony said. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Jack and I both got Logan. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think I'm okay with the major. And again, it's nothing against Roberson. It's just the level of Steber. Um, Tony, what you got? I, I got Steber. Um, I'm not going to go major. Uh, I think um, bonus points in the finals of the NCAAs are hard to come by. So um, uh, I'm just going to go regular decision, Steber. All right. Errol? Um, well, I'm definitely going Steber, but uh, I'll, I'll go with bonus points. Wow. I know it is rare, but uh, I'll go with him. He's a special guy. All right. You as well are a special guy, Earl. Well, thank you. Don't, uh, don't put yourself down. <laughs> um, uh, I got to get off. Do you want my votes or not? Yeah, here. Do you want to – Do you? would you rather say them or you want to text it to us and we'll, we'll say them as yeah, we go? Yeah, I'll say them. I'll say them. All right. Um, and then I can put it in the chat after. Here, I'll put a yes. little, little mark next to all of them. Okay, right. I'm going to go uh, Maple, Jansen, Gentry, Uh, Dake. <laughs> um, Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Because I know you, th I know you thought uh, that I was gonna go. Actually, yeah, Pendleton, uh, Greg Jones, Quentin Wright, and Tony Nelson. All right. Well, unfortunately, Jack has to leave us um, and just you know drop his picks on us like that crap. Um, I'll explain my Tony Nelson pick real quick. I was going to go Tommy Rollins and Mitch McKee's up here, and he, he's real big on Tony Nelson. He uh, told me a bunch of stuff about him. So I think I'm going to go Tony Nelson. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for joining us, and go, go train your butt off and, uh, and get ready for this match, man. Yes, sir. Sounds yeah, good. Man. All right. See you, guys. For it. See you, bud. See you, man. See you. All right. Um, well, Jack jumped off, and I have actually been talking to our, our man, Sam Herring, um, in the background. Sam's about to jump on and replace him. Um, so we're still going to have four people. <laughs> but um, if, if any votes get, get, uh, get crazy on us, we'll, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to text somebody else. But uh, we'll see. Or actually, we have the Twitter vote. We're good. But um, – Let's keep going, man. We got so far. We've got Jesse Delgado and Logan Steeper picking up wins, um, and so it should be seven to zero. Um, and if we keep moving on, the next weight class is 141 pounds, where we are going to see Kendrick Maple of Oklahoma versus Cliff Moore of Iowa. Uh, so we'll we'll go ahead and let Earl start with Cliff Moore, um, and I guess I'll pick up slack on on 2013. So, Earl, start us off. Cliff Moore. All right. Cliff Moore was your five seed this year, went 31-2, uh, and three-time All-American going first 6-6. Six, six. He beats Jason Mester in the quarterfinals 6-4. He beats Scott Moore in the semis 14-2. Uh, Moore was a top seed. And then in the finals, he beats Matt Murray 
five to two. Murray was the seventh seed. Uh, a little bit more about more, like like that, Jacob. More about yeah, more. Yeah. More. Uh, um, I want so more. His, more. <laughs> his uh, two losses. Uh, first was to Nate Gallic in the dual meet. Gallic ended up being the two seed, finishing fifth. And then he lost in the Midlands semis to um, Jason Mester from Central Michigan, uh, three to two who ended up being the fourth seed and finishing fourth at nationals. And he won his big 10 title by beating a guy named Doug with Stanley from Purdue who ended up going Oh, and two at nationals and was unseated. All right. Um, well, on the other side for Kendrick Maple, um, he wrestled for Oklahoma and in 2013, I believe this was his junior season. Um, I'm having to double check that real quick, but uh, junior season, Kendrick Maple wins a national title. Um, he actually came from the number two seed. The number one seed in this tournament was Hunter Stieber. Uh, Hunter Stieber makes it all the way to the semifinals before getting edged out by Mitchell Port on the other side. Um, and uh, Kendrick Maple makes the finals and takes out Port four to three in a really close match. Um, I, I Earl will have to help me out a little bit on this one. Um, but, I mean, I remember this season being pretty dominant for Kendrick Maple. Um, he was – I'm seeing now he's 31-0, and 0, uh, first in the Big 12, and he had, you know, four tech falls, seven pins. Um, so, pretty pretty stout year there um, and, and wins the national title. But he was a three-time All-American, and he's now coaching over at Missouri. So, what do we got for this matchup? What What are you guys seeing here, Tony? What do you think about these two? I was. I love. I love what Tony said. I, I want you to repeat what you said on Twitter about these guys. What did I say? Remind me. I say uh, compared to two different cars. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what was it? A Lamborghini to a, um, what did I say? To I think a Bronco or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Ford Bronco. So. I, yeah, I think that was just on a text to you guys. Um, oh, okay. That's what so it was. Yeah. I, this is a match that I, I really was torn about. So I wanted to go and I, I looked at video and I, I think the most prominent video with Cliff Moore is his, his defeat of Scott Moore. Um, you know, and I mentioned this last show, um, he, he's that he's this traditional Iowa. He looks like an Iowa guy. He wrestles like an Iowa guy, which is just in your face, straight ahead. I and I, I think that this version of Kendrick Maple this this year in particular, he's super long and he uses his reach advantage really, really well. Um, and I just think that the matchup isn't good for Cliff Moore on this one. I think you know he 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 would take just kind of not great shots, but he would he just kind of bulldog his way um through them it's it seems like um and i think that uh maple this version of maple he was so on this tournament um and pretty much the whole year um he uses his length really really well um and i i don't think it's a high scoring match you know, in fact you know I, I you can't compare um mitch port to uh to cliff Moore really but i think it's like a four three maybe five three type of scoring match um in kendrick maple's favor um i just don't think it's a great matchup for cliff Moore. yeah uh earl what do you got 
It's funny how you mentioned uh, Mitch Port because um, he was coached by Moore at Edinburgh and now they're on the same staff at uh, West Virginia. Oh, man. Um, so That's I guess great. I don't know how that works out. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with what Tony said. And I think um, for a lot of us, the, the prevailing wisdom as we've been doing this is – the, the guy with more offense, uh, you know, generally is the guy we're picking. And I think Maple probably has more ways to score, uh, definitely better offensive on his feet. So I could see him getting two takedowns here and maybe a 5-3 match, something like that. So go with Maple. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, you know, I love my Iowa guys, but, you know, just watching watching tape on on both guys, I just – it's got to be Kendrick Maple for me as well. Um, like you said, I think it's just a little too much on the feet and uh, gets it done when he needs to get it done. So I got Kendrick Maple with a decision as well. Um, and so did Jack. So we are going to go 4 0 for Kendrick Maple. Um, and we're all with a decision. So it's going to bump our score up to 10 to nothing uh, for the 2013 team. And uh, we, we might have one of our seeds hold for the finals, possibly. Uh, 10, not 13. Um, but the next matchup, 149 pounds, Jordan Oliver versus Jesse Jansen. Uh, Earl, do you want to kick us off with Jesse Jansen? All right, Jesse Jansen was a senior also this year. He was the top seed, went 38-1, three-time All-American, finishing first, third, third, uh, three-time EIWA champion. He uh, beats a guy named David Dees in the quarters, 10-5, Ryan Chirella in the semis, 11-4, and then uh, Zach Esposito, 9-3 in the finals. And I was just digging around trying to find that one loss for Jansen. And it actually came in Vegas up at 157. And he got majored by Alex Tirapelli. So I couldn't find enough information to figure out whether he was going 57, then drops down, or if he was at that tournament as a one-off. I don't know what the deal was, but that's where his one loss came from. So it wasn't anybody at that weight. Yeah. Um, and then on the other end, we've got Jordan Oliver. Um, I believe this is senior Jordan Oliver. Am I correct, Earl? Yep. Senior Jordan Oliver. Um, this year he was the number one seed. Uh, actually, he's uh, he takes out David Habit in the first round. So that's a, that's a kind of big first round matchup between, you know, two timer and a, an NCAA finalist. Uh, but from there on takes out Derek uh, Valenti uh, Jake Souflon, Steve Santos, um, and then uh, Jason Chamberlain in the finals, three to two. Um, I just remember that J.O. was just on a mission this year. Um, you know, he won a national title as a sophomore. He had that, that really controversial loss to Steber in his junior season. Um, and then this year just came back and, and blew the doors off the thing. And, you know, if you didn't have a guy like um, Kyle Dick winning his fourth national title then um i don't remember if oliver was undefeated or not um but i believe he was right earl yep that's um, correct I, I think he definitely could have been in that hodge trophy conversation this year if it wasn't for for you know dake making history so um very very historic year for jordan oliver as well um so i mean let's just roll right into our picks with this one and tony what do you think between these two dudes well, I, I, this is another real close one. Um, my gut went Jansen on this. Um, 
you know, I rewatched the Oliver match against Chamberlain. He wins in the last 13 seconds with a slide by. Um, it, it, he, it wasn't a dominant match. Um, it was a, it was a good match. Um, but, uh, and, and I love Jordan and, uh, he's, he's somebody I've been photographing since he was a freshman in high school. Um, he finds a way to win. He really does. But, um, I think in this one, uh, this version of Jesse Jansen, uh, I've got Jansen on a squeaker man, probably over time kind of thing. Yeah, man, you guys are wild. It's J.O. all day, man. Gotta go J.O. Uh, second national title, just absolutely running through folks this year. Like you said, he did kind of, you know, win at the last minute in the finals. But, uh, you know, Jason Chamberlain is absolutely no pushover. Uh, and so, you know, he, he, he did end up getting it done. And, um, I mean, again, this is another situation where, um, there's not, I, I can, I've seen millions, not millions. I've seen hundreds of Jason Oliver or Jordan Oliver matches. Um, but you know, Jesse Jansen for me is, is definitely on a lower, lower end of the matches I was able to watch. So, uh, maybe it's a little recency bias, but, um, yeah, I'm sticking with J.O., especially in what I feel like was probably his most dominant year in college. Earl, what you got? Yeah, I mean, initially, I think my first my first instinct was to say J.O., but you know, looking at it more, um, you know, Jansen was the outstanding wrestler of this NCAA tournament. Um, you know, he beats a guy in Zach Esposito, who goes on the following year to win a title. Um, you know, he, he was uh, probably not as diverse as Oliver on his feet in his attacks, but he was still, uh, you know, very good. And uh, they're just uh, just as good on the mat, I'd say. Maybe maybe even Jansen has the edge. So I'm going to go with Jesse Jansen. Jesus, how is Jack still getting me and he's not even on the show? He's still thorn in my side right now. Um uh, I, uh, well, I guess I lose, and and J.O. loses. That's some crap right there. Um, but, yeah, Jesse Jansen with the win against my better judgment. Um, and 2004 picks up their first win of the duel, so it is going to be 10-3, to 3 and, and we're getting back into a match here. Um, they're actually putting points up on the board, and we'll see how many more they get through these these last uh, six matches. So uh, heading on to 157 pounds, uh, we're going to have Derek St. John versus Matt Gentry. Um, I'll give Earl a break going going first, and I'll go Derek St. John first. Um, Derek St. John was a four-time All-American. At this point in his career, this is junior season, um, he won the national title over Jason Welch, 3-2 uh, to two in the finals. Um, he was a two-time finalist, uh, his sophomore season, he made the finals wrestling one Kyle Dake. Um, and it was a very close match. I can't remember the score. I want to say it was like a, like a seven to four, six, four, five, three. So it was like a two to three point match. Um, but it, it was very close. And I remember, um, you know, Dake kind of got poked in the eye in the third period and, and just kind of tried to stay his distance and stay away. Um, for the last little bit to make sure he didn't give up any points. Um, and the Iowa crowd was going crazy, but you know, 
that was, you know, I'm sorry. You, you're going for your third consecutive national title and you get poked in the eye and you're up with like 30 seconds left. It's like, what is everybody in the world going to do? Like probably try to stay away from the dude trying to take you down when you can't see. Um, so, but Derek St. John, two-time finalist. And in this season, he actually uh, beat Alex Derringer in the semifinals. So uh, beats Derringer in tiebreakers and then beats Jason Welch three to two. So Derek St. John. On the other end, Matt Gentry, Earl. All right, so this is uh, junior year Matt Gentry. He was – him along with Greg Jones, they were the only two undefeated guys this year. He was 42-0. and 0. Um, he, This was the only year he was an All-American. Uh, his Pac-10 champion beats uh, Philip Simpson in the quarters, 8-2. And uh, Ryan Bertine, the defending NCAA champion, 6-4 in sudden victory in the semis. Then Jake Percival, 4-2 in the finals. Uh, he would go on to make the 2008 and 2012 Olympic team for Canada. All right. Um, and we have Mr. Sam Herring joining us. I don't know if he can hear us yet or not. Uh, I can hear you guys. Good morning. Awesome, Sam. Sam, the man. Thanks for joining us, man. Jack had to jump off. We definitely needed somebody on here to, uh, to help me out and uh, bring some youth to this panel. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle a little bit with the 2014. Y'all know that, but uh, I'll I'll hang on with my best. 2004, you mean? Yeah, did I say 14? You did. Okay, I just 2014. I just called oh, you guys. 2014, got it. Just called you guys old, and you said nothing about it. So yeah, I'd let that I, one slide. I I made a mental note because that was the second second show in a row you referred to my age. So I I just I wanted to make sure you guys heard that. I didn't know if like the hearing aid wasn't in or, or what was going on. Um, <laughs> but all right, so uh, I don't know how much Sam heard uh, jumping on, but we're at Derek St. John versus Matt Gentry. Uh, kind of ran through them a little bit. And, yeah, uh, I didn't really get to listen to much. I listened to Delgado Powell a little bit, but other than that, I didn't really get anything. You're good. We know you don't listen to our show. We know. You're steaming this morning, Jacob. I am. Hey, it, it, it makes for more better radio, right? Does it? It does. Um, it, it's less fun when, when Jack is, is not even on here and is still getting at me, though. Um, but – Matt Gentry is the uh, was he the first and and I guess only Stanford national champ unless they they get one this year. So that's correct. Yep. It sucks, but all right. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to let somebody else go first on this one because I think this one's a lot closer um, than than I originally thought. So, Earl, what you got on this? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's funny because as far as careers go, you know, Derek St. John had a great career, four-time All-American, um, you know, definitely more consistent at a high level. Um, Gentry, he had a great senior year, but just uh, ended up missing the podium, had a couple tough matches at Nationals. Um, I don't know. I, I like uh, the toughness and physicality of Derek St. John, and uh, I think that would be the difference. He would pull out the win here. All right. Um, Tony, what do you got? I've got Gentry. I'm going to kind of flip flip that a little bit. Um, I'm with Jack Valley on this boy. one. Yeah, there you go. Um, right there. Represent. Uh, Has he been coaching there? No, Gentry doesn't coach 
coach here, or he doesn't coach at Stanford. Um, I'm not sure where he is right now. He's a great dude, by the way. Um, really, really nice guy. Um, but I, I've got Gentry on this. Um, again, close match. Uh, I've heard, you know, I, I heard the, the podcast where St. John is just an incredibly hard worker. Um, but uh, I've got Gentry on this one in a close one. All right. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to go, go with St. John. Um, I think it's really a close matchup and I, I just, I love all the things that McDonough, you know, as Tony's alluding to McDonough said about him was, um, you know, in, in a room of absolute hammers and, and hard workers and studs, this dude, he said was, was the hardest worker in the room. Um, and I think that's really something to be said. And, he was one of those guys that, that got overshadowed by the David Taylors and Cal Dakes of the era um, and was kind of an underrated, you know, national champion, two-time finalist, right? When you think back of that era and that weight range, you don't think Derek St. John, but the dude made two national finals um, and, and won one of them. And then his senior year, you know, not performing to his best. I think there might've been an injury in there. Um, but yeah, just a, a rough, um, rough and tough pushing forward Iowa style guy um and yeah I will be the first one to admit you know everybody knows I'm a big Iowa fan but St. John definitely was was not one of my favorites um I mean you know I liked him but um wasn't you know necessarily a, a crowd pleaser but um I think that he has enough to to get through this match so I'm gonna go St. John um and actually leave it in the hands of, of Samwise down there Jacob, you're going to be happy with me. I'm going Derek St. John. Uh, I just – it's really hard for me to to see that guy get toughed out in the match. And the way I would see him lose is a little bit of a Caldwell-Metcalf circumstance where a guy who's super slick, super athletic, and explosive um, can kind of sneak one out on him. And I don't think Gentry can really do that. Um, I, I'm going to go with St. John on this one. All right. Good. Anytime we pick against Jack, it's a good day. Uh, well, Jack keep, have Gentry. Yeah, see, all the all the stars on here um, are Jack's picks before he left. Um, I just okay. threw them on there real quick so we could at least know what he was thinking. Um, um, what is the heart? You love Logan Steber? Yeah, I do love Logan Steber. Um, it's my Logie Bear. But, uh, yeah, what no, it's a, a major decision. So, I put, I put hearts okay. for uh, – like one nice. heart is a major, two is a tech, three is a pen. That's nice of you. Yes. Um, yes. But 165 pounds, Kyle Dake versus Troy Letters. Um, Jack giggled about, giggled about it because he picked against Troy Letters and then leaves us with no explanation. Um, but for Kyle Dake in 2013, this one's pretty easy to talk about. He becomes the only wrestler in the history of college wrestling to win four national titles at four different weight classes. Um, some will argue that that's, that's as impressive or more impressive than, than Kale's undefeated four years. Um, I think that's a real conversation to have, which, which one of those two is more impressive. Um, but, you know, Kyle Dake in this year, not only did he win his fourth national title, um, and the fourth different weight class, but um, he did so by bumping up another weight class to hit David Taylor, right? And so um, I can't remember what exactly was said and in what interview I watched or whatever, but um, 
Dake, you would think um, at this point in, in Dake's career, uh, he was bumping up just to like to solidify that four different weight classes, you know, um, like kind of cement himself and his legacy. But I think in one of the one of the interviews that I saw that it wasn't as much about the weight classes as it was about him wanting to wrestle David Taylor. Um, I, he really wanted to bump up and test himself against, you know, what was possibly seen as the best dude in college wrestling right then, you know, he just won a Hodge trophy. Uh, and so you know, Dick bumps up, takes on David Taylor in the finals and beats him five to four. Uh, I remember that was a really fun, crazy match. David Taylor actually went out to the lead first and got a takedown at the very beginning of the match. Um, and then it was kind of, kind of all Dake from then or from there on out. So, um, yeah, Kyle Dake wins his fourth national title over David Taylor. And on the other end, Troy letters, Phyllis and Earl. All right. So I don't, I don't want to see a heart next to Kyle Dake's name, uh, this time, Jacob. Um, this is sophomore year, Troy letters. Uh, he was an NCAA runner up the year before, as a freshman, went 36 and one this year. He uh, ended up being a three time All American, three time EIWA champion. In the quarters, he beats John Clark by fall in a minute 22. Semis Matt King of Edinburgh, 4 2. In the finals, he beats Tyrone Lewis, 5 2, avenging his only loss of the year to Lewis. So, is it, is it Cal Dick by major? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. I, I can't do it. Um, it's yeah, got to be. Yeah, it's pin. I mean, he's going to lefty headlock him. And Who not knows? only a pin, it's going to be like a tech pin where you got 15 points and then you pin him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, for me, it's got to be Dake. It, it's, it's, it has to be Dake, right? He's, he's, there's only two, three guys. There's only really two guys. I think they're up there in best of all time status in college wrestling. And um, I don't think anybody's, besides those I don't think he may beat them um so I'm gonna go Kyle Dake I can't go major decision um because obviously the Troy letters is is incredibly good and at a very high level and but it's it's also combined that with um yeah I picked David Taylor to major Troy letters and I got shut down by virtually everybody in the universe on that um mm -hmm. but Kyle Dake's not one of the he's not the David Taylor style of, of putting up, you know, an incredible amount of points. Um, he doesn't right. usually, you know, destroy the, the top, top guys, or he didn't in college. So he obviously mm -hmm. handled them and beat them, but he wasn't the guy that was out there majoring the, all the top dudes and, and pinning and teching all these guys. So um, I'm going to go Kyle Dake in a decision, you know, maybe a, a three point win or something like that. Yeah. For me, this one might be the, the most simple to pick out of all these matches. It's just, Kyle Dake wins. Troy Letters is really good, so it's a decision. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same on that. All right, Earl? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's probably closer than most people would anticipate, but, yeah, Kyle Dake gets the win. All right. Um, yep, so Kyle Dake gets the win uh, by decision here, and that's going to kick our score up to 16-3. to three for 2013 and we'll keep it a moving um so 174 pounds chris perry versus chris pendleton earl kick us off with chris pendleton first if you will sir all right this is junior year chris pendleton he went 30 33 and one he was uh third the year before 
Uh, he was the first seed at Nationals. He's another guy that lost in the conference final but still was the top seed because he lost to freshman Ben Askren there. Um, in the quarters at this tournament, he beats Pete Friedel 14-3. Ryan Lang from Purdue, he pins in the semis and then beats Askren 11-4 in the finals. All right. Um, and on the other end, Chris Perry. Uh, this is Chris Perry's junior season. This is his first of two national titles. And this year he came in as the one seed. Um, and Chris well, Chris was kind of one of those dudes. I, I, I can't speak for senior year because I'm looking at all of his junior year stats right now. Uh, I know he's a different animal as a senior. Um, but at least in the junior year, um, he was a guy that was kind of at the top of the pack, right? We had like a pack of like four or five guys that were all really good. And Chris was kind of just like a, a, like a hair above them, right? You kind of expected him to be the, the one seed and, and, and win it, but it was a very close grouping of guys. And he always kind of pulled out really close wins, right? So through his national uh, tournament this year, he won his first match five to four and then four, nothing. And then tiebreakers against Nick Heflin, three to two tie or overtime against Kokesh four to two and then tiebreakers against Matt Brown in the finals. So, um, you know, definitely hung really close throughout this whole tournament, but just kind of always seemed to get it done. Um, and you know, he, uh, he was very good. So, uh, Chris Perry as a junior. And what do you guys see in this matchup, Tony? Um, I like Pendleton. In this matchup, um, I think he had more ways to score. It, it, it's an interesting matchup, right? Because it's coach versus athlete, um, you know. Uh, but I think that Pendleton, you know, I think Pendleton has more ways to score. I think he could catch Perry. You know, Perry had that kind of ride that uh, the uh, around the head lock on top. Um, they've changed the rules since then, probably because of him. Um, where you can't lock that up uh, as long. Um, but I, I think Pendleton finds a way to win here. I, I think the close matches that um, Perry was wrestling just won't work for him against Pendleton. Um, I've got Pendleton on this one. Yeah. Uh, Sam, what do you got here? I got Pendleton as well. It's really hard for me to, to look against him. He is one guy um, that I've recently in the last week started watching a lot more uh, film on. Uh, I've been trying to to go back and watch some guys, especially the Okie State guys that just um, – they're so slick and they have so many different skill sets from so many different areas. Um, so maybe it's a little bit of bias from watching him so much in this last week, but I'm, I'm still going to take him. I think he's probably the better wrestler based off of stats as well. Yeah, for me, I think it's a, it's a mindset clash, and I also think that looking at um, – you know, their, their competition, it, it definitely favors Pendleton. I'm going to go Pendleton as well. Uh, what I mean by mindset clash is that uh, Perry was kind of the, the get ahead by a couple of points and, and win the tight matches. Um, whereas Pendleton was more of a kind of putting it on his opponent. Um, I mean, he almost majored Ben Askren in both of his national titles. Um, and he won by what, like five points in both of them or something. I mean, he's right up there. Um, getting into major decision territory. Um, and with that being said as well, you know, Pendleton 
getting a five point or, or so win over Ben Askren in the finals versus Chris Perry two to one in tiebreakers with Matt Brown. Um, I'm definitely going to lean Pendleton's way on this for sure. Um, and is that everybody we got? We got everybody? Uh, I didn't chime in yet, but uh, I have Pendleton as well. If it was 2014 Perry, I think it would be a lot more interesting. But, uh, yeah, pretty much really, I'm not going to rehash some of the stuff you guys said, but uh, I'm definitely agreeing with Pendleton. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I agree with uh, it might be a, a closer or a, or a different decision if it was a different Perry. Um, but – yeah, I think that's interesting to think about, too. And we, I, we don't have to get into it too much, but um, we know Chris Perry in his senior season, the next season, kind of was on a vision quest um, to, to beat Andrew Howe because everybody told him that Andrew Howe was way better than him. Um, what do we see, like, if Andrew Howe and Chris Pendleton were wrestling, who would you pick in that matchup? Because I think that's a big decider of, of you know, 2014 Chris Perry. What do you guys see in that? it's too tough no i'd 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 probably go pendleton i think Hal's best days were at 65 you know he was still ncaa runner-up at 74 but uh at 74 i'm taking chris pendleton i'd lean i'd lean pendleton as well it'd be a, it'd be a tough one much tougher than this i believe yeah yeah i'm i'm in agreement cool um, well, Pendleton takes the win here, and that gets the second one for 2004. Um, and, and so they're kind of climbing back into it. But we'll see about these last three matchups and how they go. Um, we're sitting at 16 to 6 for 2013 at the moment. And we're heading into 184 pounds, uh, where Ed Ruth of Penn State is going to take on Greg Jones of, of West Virginia, here. for sure. Um, Earl, start us off, Greg Jones. All right, this is uh, junior year Greg Jones, the second of his third NCAA, three NCAA titles. Uh, I said earlier, him and Matt Gentry were the only guys to go undefeated this year. Uh, he beats Brian Glenn from Illinois three to two in the quarters, uh, Paul Bradley from Iowa eight to three in the semis, and then Ben Heiser from Northern Illinois 10 five in the finals. Yeah, um, for Ed Ruth, uh, this was his second national title i believe um am i am i correct on that one yep yeah um he he ends up winning three um but this is his second national title he beats robert hamlin in the finals um 12 to 4 so majors robert hamlin in the finals 12 to 4 um and i think you know there's there's not too much to say about ed ruth man everybody knows the stories incredible cross face cradle um, he had two pins in this NCAA tournament, um, majored Steve Bozak, a future national champion in the semifinals, um, actually didn't major him. He, uh, he four to four to one went over him, a uh, major of the one before. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all know who Ed Ruth is, man. One of the best to ever do it. Um, but this is junior Ed Ruth. So my first question about this matchup. Um, and I don't know if you were able to get in touch with him or not, Earl, uh, but we did have Greg Jones on the show uh, last show or the show before, um, and, and we talked about a lot of matchups, but we didn't get to talk about this one. And I was interested um, if you were able to get a hold of him. I know he's a busy man, and if he had any thoughts on this matchup. Uh, I failed you, Jacob, but I think, uh, you know, after, after having him on the show, suffice to say, I think he would pick himself, but. That's just uh, that's just my guess. For sure. I mean, he basically 
picked himself over everybody, which, you know, definitely could be the case. He's one of the best to ever do it. Um, and I don't know if Sam, I don't know if you heard that episode or not, but we asked him about, we asked, uh, Greg, yeah, we asked him about, um, you know, he was around the same time as, as Kale. Right. And so we're like, all right, so we're asking him, did you wrestle this guy? Did you wrestle this guy? He's like, yeah, I beat him. I beat him. I beat him. Like, did you ever wrestle Kale? And he was like, yeah, actually I did. He's like, I wrestled him in a simulated, a couple simulated matches or something like that at the OTC when he was yeah, preparing for the Olympics and all that kind of stuff. And they wrestled and he said, you know, he could be a little bit off, but what he remembers, Kale won like 16 to 12. So it was just an absolute shootout. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I did my homework and I contacted Gary Abbott to see if there's the possibility that video might exist of that. He said no. Um, they they weren't really they even now they don't videotape practices and so that started a discussion about um, they should probably wire the the Olympic Training Center room uh, with cameras and videotape. I don't all know those practices. I don't know how smart that is. I wouldn't okay. want to do that if I was Gary or anybody in the USA Wrestling Administration. Why is that? Uh, first of all, because there's a bunch of game planning that goes on in that room. And game planning is for private practice rooms. And practices in general are for private unless um, you want to change that. And um, it creates a lot – like wrestlers compete a lot different in practice than they do in, in tournaments. They compete a lot more free. They uh, show what they're working on in live, and they will constantly try to get to like a certain position. And for that to for them to like live stream it or put it on a camera or whatever it may be, video it, it changes a lot in the mindset of wrestlers that could actually hurt USA Wrestling. Like if my practices were videoed and acted like they were actual matches, I don't think I would get as better uh, or much more better. Than, I don't know how to say this, but like I wouldn't get as much better as I do in practice than I do in matches, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not talking about live streaming it, um, my friend. Um, what I'm saying... You're talking about videoing live matches in the OTC? What, I, what, I, what I'm... So I, I believe, uh, and I, it's a little bit of guessing here, that university practice rooms are wired up and they can record practice so that the coaches and athletes can go back and watch. This would not be for public consumption. Um, it would be private only. So let me ask okay. you this. If you yeah, are, if you're in a simulated match in a practice room, would you not want to go back and see video of it? Like I definitely would. That's right. true. So that's what I'm talking about. And then, you know, 20 years later, having that and publishing that probably wouldn't be, you know, a bad thing. So to this point, like somebody yeah. asked, hey, okay. do we have Got video it. of Greg Jones wrestling Kale? Um, wouldn't that be cool to see um, you'd have that, but they, they don't have that. Uh, but uh, I hear you. I I'm hear all you. for it. Okay. I want to see it so much, but we got to make sure our security is on point. Cause I know those Russians are going to be trying to get over here and, uh, yeah, exactly. and, and hack in and, and know what David Taylor and Kyle Dake and Jordan Burroughs are doing. Um, so I'm all for it. I think it'd be awesome, but I, I guess you got to like, if, if you implement something like that, you got to make sure that all security is security measures are in place. Um, but you know, for this match, I mean, I've been watching a lot of Greg Jones matches. 
on YouTube because I he's like for me personally he's just a hidden gem. I mean he's not hidden, right? But you know we've obviously talked like you know I really got into the sport around 2010, and so he was before my time. Um, and so when I found him on YouTube, I mean, if there's any younger guys watching the show, uh, I know Sam actually asked on FRL, like, who are some of the old guys that we need to watch? I'm sure Sam's probably already watched. Um, no, but I've watched almost zero Greg Jones matches, which is kind of unbelievable. Go watch it right now. Like, get off the show. Care, <laughs> he, is, he is awesome. Um, absolutely awesome. He's a wizard on his feet. Just one of my favorite dudes to watch wrestle of all time, possibly. Um, and I love Ed Ruth as well. And so I just see that I, I see Greg Jones being a little bit better on the feet. Um, and I see him being able to, to get more takedowns than Ed Ruth, you know, whether it's a, a wide open match or it's just a one takedown match. I see Greg Jones kind of winning in the takedown, uh, and the takedown it, having an advantage in the takedown realm um and then you know obviously ed is a hammer on top but i just don't see him being able to do much on top of greg jones who is so long and lanky and um i, I just don't see him him being able to do the same things to greg uh so i'm going to take ed or i mean i'm going to take greg in a uh, a tight one what do you got tony i'm going same greg in a in a close tight match um, he doesn't get caught in that cross-face cradle. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's a fascinating match. It'd be really, really fun to watch. But I got oh. Jones. Six national titles between two of these guys. Insane. Earl, what you got? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Greg Jones as well. Um, I think he's just, just a hair better on his feet. And these guys would probably nullify each other on the mat. Um, so. Greg Jones, close match. Sam. You guys are going to be mad at me. I'm taking Ed Ruth. I have too much too much knowledge of him, and, like, I know Greg Jones' stats pretty well, but it's hard for me to pick somebody who I haven't watched, and that's my bad that uh, I haven't done my homework on him. But my pick stays the same, Ed Ruth. Um, I just – especially with all these Penn State films coming out that, that Flo's putting out, man, he was incredible. He was so good when he was in college. Um, and I think I'm missing out something on Greg Jones. I think I would probably pick him if uh, if research was done. So sorry about that. No, dude, don't apologize. You jumped in on the show on you know when we were shorthanded um, on short time. I just texted you in the middle and was like, "Hey, you, you cool getting on?" So um, no worries at all there. But yeah, like I said, um, you definitely need to go watch some videos on him. I think he's an absolute hidden gem for people who haven't seen him that are maybe some of the younger crowd. Um, and I think, I really do think when you go watch a bunch of Greg Jones videos, you'll, you'll come back and say, yeah, maybe I'm leaning that way. You might not, but um, you'll at least see where, where we're coming from. Um, yeah, I think, I think I have two on my YouTube channel. I should post some more. Okay. He's insane, dude. Insane. Um, but 197 pounds. Uh, we're going to have Quentin Wright of Penn State versus Damian Hahn of Minnesota. Um, Errol, kick us off with Damian Hahn. <clears throat> Damian Hahn was a senior this year. He was 33-1, and one, the top seed, four-time All-American going 5-5-1-1. Um, he was a three-time Big Ten champion in the quarters. He beats a guy named Josh Burt 6-2. In the semis, former or future UFC star Ryan Bader 
Arizona State two to one. And in the finals, he beats Iowa's Ryan Falsis. And then coming out, I'd like to see what was going on if um, media would be what it was back then because Damian Hahn was your top recruit coming out of high school in, two, in uh, 1999. Um, still arguably up there with like Kerry Colad as one of the best high schoolers ever. Um, so that is Damian Hahn. All right. On the other end, Quentin Wright, um, he, this is his senior season. Um, he was a four-time All-American, two-time national champ, three-time finalist. Uh, Quentin, as we've talked about before on this show, was one of those dudes that, that turned it on at the NCAA tournament, right? And specifically the NCAA tournament, because this is a guy who's a three-time finalist, two-time champ, and, and didn't do well at all sometimes, right? Um, you know, he, he was very up and down and, and a lot of peaks and valleys during the season. And even in the Big Ten Championship kind of um, showed up some and, and didn't show up others. Um, but in his senior season, he <laughs> comes into the tournament as the number two seed. Uh, I believe that's his highest seed in all four of his years because um, he usually came in a, as a lower seed. Um, but he beats on the way to his finals in the quarterfinals. He beats Scott Schiller by fall. Uh, Schiller was a three-time uh, All-American for Minnesota. He beats Matt Wilps in the semifinals, four to three in tiebreakers. Wilps later was a uh, NCAA finalist, um, or was it before? I guess before was NCAA finalist. That, that was actually uh, different Wilps. Uh, different his brother Wilps. Tyler. Ah, you're right. Different Wilps. Um, and then in the finals, he beats. Uh, Dustin Kilgore eight to six and Dustin Kilgore had not been beaten in like two or three years or something crazy because he won a national title and then took an Olympic red shirt um, and hadn't been beaten in literally like like two or three years uh, and I remember you know going to that match you have national champ versus national champ and and Quentin um, Quentin was the man but man Dustin just kind of had like a aura around him of just untouchable not being beaten in forever and and Quentin went in and just picked him apart and that eight to six score does not tell the the tale of that match because uh Quentin Wright put the put the beat down on him pretty significantly um so that's Quentin Wright and let's get into these actually these picks man um for me it's got to be Quentin man it's got to be Quentin for me and, and I just when he shows up and he's in these big matches, he just puts it on people. And specifically this senior season, Quentin Wright, like I said, you know, Kilgore was was very, very highly touted and and a, a big figure in wrestling at the time. And Quentin just went out and underhooked him to death. Um, and I really love that style. He wrestles with that underhook, high crotch. And so uh, I'm gonna go Quentin, and I'll kick it to Earl. Yeah, so my first instinct looking at this was uh, Damian Hahn, just because of uh, he was probably you know more consistent throughout his career uh, than Wright. Um, you know, he's definitely a guy that doesn't get talked about as much. Um, however, <clears throat> looking at this particular style matchup, I could see it playing out the same way as Kilgore and Wright. Um, you know, I could see him pressuring Wright, pressuring him. Then there's that underhook throw by to the uh, high C or, you know, whatever Wright's going for. So I could see this following the same path. And uh, so I'll give it to Quentin Wright 
um, although it's not my initial instinct. All right, Tony, what you got? I I'm with Earl. Uh, it, it's funny it, this the consistency of Han. Uh, however, I'm going to stick with my gut, and my gut was Han initially. Um, I like his consistency, and I'm going to stick with that. Um, I think that he figures out right. Um, I think they game plan for it, and uh, I've got Han. All right, and uh, Mr. Sam Herring. Go about a clash of styles in this match. Like Quentin Wright's like six one, long and lanky. Damian Han's like five two. I'm exaggerating on both of these probably. Like five two, and he's like a wrecking ball. I was gonna say, I um, wonder how tall Quentin actually is, because like he's got to be taller than that, don't you think? It's yeah. funny. See, it was funny you should say that because at CKLV one year, um, I they they have these like you know the, the ropes up to keep people out, mm -hmm. but they're not actually ropes. They're a little taller than that, and I think yeah. they're pipes. And Damien Han tried to jump over one once and got completely <laughs> tangled up in it. And Did he really? uh, yeah, and that I is don't, a problem I will have. <laughs> for the rest I'm of your very life. short and I will not try to jump over stuff like that. yeah and it I we had a laugh because I do not believe I have a photo of it and I think I told him I'm like yeah I didn't get that one but it was it was pretty funny it was total cartoon funny. cartoon thing where he's straddling bows but it's not really working <laughs> and stuff it's pretty humorous anyways that's hilarious so who do you got but, but anyway I'm taking Quentin on this one um yeah yeah, I just it's it's hard to unsee what he does at the national tournament year after year, um, and I feel like we're are what are exactly the rules of what version of themselves are we taking? Man, we're just talking. You know these these guys in their career up to this point. Um, up we to haven't. This point? Yeah, so like we haven't. The best up to this point. Yeah, so like. Uh, okay, then definitely Quinn. Yeah, um, I mean. We're not talking about like a, we haven't picked like a location. So I guess if you want to talk about it being an NCAA finals, you want to talk about it being a duel, it fits a back well, alley can scrap. Say, can we just say best up to this point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I, I always envisioned it as the NCAA finals. I don't know. I never envisioned it as a duel. Well, that, that I will take too because I feel like that's Quentin's best point. Yeah. I mean, we haven't, we, we didn't really put any parameters on that. So, you know, you can. We can really think about it however we want. Um, just main point is these two dudes scrapping. So uh, wherever we want to put it in our own head, I guess. But um, hey, hey, Jacob, have I told you my uh, common opponent story with Damian Hahn? No. Okay. So uh, I graduated a year ahead of Damian Hahn in high school. And you have to think about that period of time where there is no flow track YouTube you know, to be able to see all these matches. So um, I was a three-sport athlete, never wrestled in the off-season. So I didn't go to Fargo or, you know, match up against any of the, the big guys nationally, just read about them and, you know, the magazines and stuff. So Damian Hahn was that guy. And, you know, everybody knew he was a stud. So uh, the year after I graduated, um, a guy I beat ended up winning a Virginia State title. And it just so happened that the dream team – uh, was coming to Virginia that year. So that guy was selected to be uh, the representative at 189, and his opponent was Damian Hahn. So I saw this as, okay, well, you know, we'll see how I could have done against uh, one of these number one guys in the nation. And uh, 
Damian Hunt, I think, teched him in the second period, and he's hitting high crotches and picking this dude up over his head, and it looked like me wrestling with my seven-year-old. So I was like, okay, well, that's that's probably what would have happened to me then. Yeah. Oh, same thing. I, I don't remember who the guy was, but uh, my wrestling partner, basically through middle school and high school, like the entire time, um, our senior year, he was – like 55 and 0 state champ, like just unbelievably good in Georgia. Um, and he got picked for, you know, that, that Georgia team. And I remember, I don't remember what the scenario was because I didn't really pay attention too much back then. You know, I don't know if it was like the dream team duel or whatever, some big duel, right. Or somebody, some team came to Georgia. Um, and I remember he got picked for it and uh, got absolutely just destroyed. And <laughs> it was like, okay, cool. So we are, uh, we're in a small pond down here. Um, but yeah, I've had that experience many a time. Dude, I just I remember same thing. You know, Georgia's gotten way bigger um, since I was growing up. Uh, but when I was growing up, I wrestled schoolboy duels one time, and I remember we were wrestling. I think it was Missouri, and we're sitting there before the match, and all of us are like warming up, just going at it, like getting a hard sweat in, and look across, and Team Missouri is just sitting on their butts, playing like Pokemon. And on their like Nintendos and like like just like we're looking at these guys like man wow what are they doing like they're not gonna warm up or nothing um, and then we went on to only win one match in that entire duel and got the absolute crap kicked out of us um, it was really embarrassing <laughs> it's happened many times where Tennessee puts together like one of their best lineups or something we have a re we have a really good year and so we're we're really high on ourselves and then. I remember one year it happened at Virginia Beach duels and we had team Pennsylvania and it was like PA gold that were, they were in our pool and it was a bloodbath. We didn't even win the exhibitions, man. It was, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Oh was yeah. Like four years ago, five years ago. There's, there's something to be said for the first time you go to one of those national tournaments, realizing yes. what level you're on. <laughs> you're walking in, you're like, man, I'm good. I'm awesome. I just won so-and-so state tournament. And then you go in there and get like teched in the first period. Like, yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yep. I'm afraid but, I know that too well. <laughs> um, all right. So 285 pounds. We have Tony Nelson of Minnesota versus Tommy Rollins of Ohio state. Um, Jack already gave us his pick and he picked yeah, Tony am I, Nelson. Am I missing something? Because when I first looked at this match, I thought it was Tommy Rollins, maybe by bonus points. So Jack kind of explained before he got off that he actually has Mitch McKee staying with him right now because um, they're, oh. they're training together. And I guess, you yeah. know, Mitch is really high on, on Tony, obviously, because he's been around him. And I guess they had this conversation before and, um, and he was, he was really, really heavy, high on Tony and thought that he'd win the match. So uh, Jack stuck with his boy and went Tony Nelson. Um, All right. Well, uh, maybe you guys will, pick Tommy so I can feel better about wanting to pick bonus for Tommy <laughs> yeah but uh all right we'll start it off so Tony Nelson um he Earl help me out junior Tony Nelson uh I think it's sophomore Tony Nelson okay uh, so no uh yeah so uh junior Tony Nelson yeah you got all that. right so junior Tony Nelson um in his tournament he is the two seed um in the semifinals he beats Alan Gelagayev uh, five to four, and then in the finals, he beats Mike McMullen, uh, six to two, and uh, you know Tony Nelson wins his second national title. Uh, he goes on his senior year to make another national finals appearance, but uh, will 
would get upset by by a young Nick Wistowski. So uh, Tony Nelson, second national title, um, and, and pretty much dominated for a couple of years there in a row. So Earl, what about Tommy Rollins? All right, Tommy Rollins, this is his senior year. He's a four-time All-American, went 2-1-6-1, a two-time Big Ten champion. He Here he beats Bodie Ogunwale of Harvard 8-6 to six in the quarters. Semis, he beats Leonce Crump of Oklahoma 5-2. to two. And in the finals, he beats Pat Cummings of Penn State 6-2. He leaves as Ohio State's all-time leader in takedowns and was their first four-time All-American and second multi-time national champion at the time. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I, I know that, you know, Jack has, has Mitch McKee staying over there with him and, and is talking, talking to him about this matchup, but um, it's Tommy Rollins all day for me. I, I, don't, I don't really think that, that Tony would win this match. Um, I think Tommy's just too athletic and um, the greatest heavyweights of all time in my book. Yeah. I, you're saying these two guys? Uh, Tommy is one of the greatest okay. heavyweights of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I and just had a pretty I, good podcast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just, I think back to, you know, trying to, trying to get a, a similar matchup um, and, you know, Tony versus Gwiz his senior year, you know, Gwizdowski was, was very athletic and quick and um, more of that, that new style of, of, uh, you know, heavyweights that didn't really wrestle like the big, big old heavyweights rolling around uh, more athletic and able to, you know, take leg attacks and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and that was Tommy. So uh, I'm going to go with Tommy on this one. Um, I, I'm not going to go major decision, but I think it's a, it's a three or four point win for Tommy. Uh, Earl, what you got? Yeah. I mean, Tommy, along with like Kerry McCoy and Stephen Neal, they were kind of open the door for these uh, smaller, but athletic heavyweights and uh you know he he's just too good on his feet here he's gonna get a takedown or two on uh tony nelson um i don't think nelson can hang as far as that goes um so yeah i'm taking Rollins. i'm not gonna go major but uh you know definitely i don't know five two six three win type something like that for tommy i'm gonna say i'm gonna go out and say uh i think he gets a barely a major like a last second takedown to to get the major yeah um and, and tony did you get your your picking uh i'm gonna go Rollins, but not uh not on the major yeah yeah um uh it would be a good one to see though and and we're gonna end this duel on a uh, 19 to 12 victory for 2013 um 2004 did did really good on the back half, um, kind of stormed really back good. a little bit um, to, to make it close. But at the end of the day, 2013 was just a little too much. And um, I definitely, before we started this tournament, saw 2013 as one of those teams that, that would they would probably make the final. Like that was probably my, my favorite team coming through. And so uh, they, did, they did pretty well, man. And uh, 2004 had a run, though. You know, it's the third lowest seed in the tournament. Um, it ends up in the semifinals, you know. Can you pull up the bracket? Uh, yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll pull it up real quick right here. Um, let, me, oh, let me get rid of that. All right. So 
Um, let me take all these, these, yeah, that looks funny on there. These, uh, markings off, but here's our bracket and, uh, and yeah, it, so 2018 is going to take on 2013. Yep. yep. 2018 versus 2013. I'm going to have to okay, see. I have a question for you guys. I got an answer. I didn't listen to the first podcast with 2013, 2011. Who did you pick Burroughs or Dake? I was the only one that picked Dake. Really? Well, you still would have been if I was on. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one. Only one. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm with Burroughs, but to think that you you were the only one to pick Dake is, is wild. Because that, that match is so close. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, no, it, was, it was a great tournament up to this point. Uh, Sunday, we're going to have the finals. Hopefully, we can find uh, a couple of guys to represent each team, right? 2013, 2018. Obviously, we got Seth for 2018, but uh, if we could find, find some people to get in there, that'd be cool. For 2013? Um, yeah. Pull up that team again. I'll, I'll brainstorm a little bit um, right here while we're on. Yeah, but while we're doing that and while we're kind of getting close to signing off, um, Sam. What do you think about Jack Mueller versus RBY? This match, that's going to be an awesome match. It, do you know, I haven't done too much research. Is it freestyle? Yeah, from my understanding, it's freestyle. Okay. And, I, think um, that hurts, I think that hurts Jack in a, a little bit because I really think he would have – I think he would have hurt him on top. Really? I um, really do. I think, I think Jack would have put the hurting on, on RBY if he could throw legs in. Did you see what Jack did to Nick Piccinini? Yes. I'm saying – I'm just saying taking away his opportunity for, for leg riding uh, on top and how good he is and what he did to Sebastian Rivera, I think that will hurt him just a little bit. But I think he's just as capable in freestyle as he is in folk style, if not more. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm excited to see it, though. It's going to be a really good one. And like Earl said earlier, um, I think there's a lot of good matchups on the card. Um, but, you know, like you were saying, you know, Chimizo Dake is going to be a, a close score. Um, I think David Taylor is going to beat Pat Downey into the ground. Um, and so I think that this match is probably going to be the most fireworks out of all the matches, um, most entertaining from a fan standpoint. I can um, see Chimizo Dake being just for this, you know, yeah. Yeah, that one's gonna be awesome. I'm thinking more like like points scored though. Like I think Chimizo Dake's gonna be is gonna be awesome. It could definitely be fireworks, but I think there's gonna be a lot of scramble positions where nobody gets points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Possibly. Um, whereas I think I think Jack and RBY. I mean, who knows? I, I in my personal opinion, and I'm not just saying this because Jack's on here with us. Um, I, I think it's gonna either be a high scoring, really fun match, or I think Jack's gonna gonna handle it. Um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. You guys remember last time, um, the two last times that RBY competed in freestyle, he didn't, he didn't do so hot. He, uh, he lost to the, who was the, um, North Carolina red shirt guy? Jamie Hernandez. Yeah, or, Jamie uh, Hernandez. Yeah. He lost to Jamie Hernandez and the, or Hernandez and then Hernandez lost a tag. Uh, yeah. at 61 last year. And then the year before that, he was in the U23 World Team Trials and got destroyed by Vito twice. Yeah, 
But did Jack and wait? Did Jack and I feel like Jack and RBY wrestled in that tournament? I don't, I don't think they have. Um, Jack, Jack hasn't probably at fifty-seven, wasn't he? Probably. And Jack hasn't mentioned it. Uh, he definitely would have. So I don't. I don't think they have. He wrestled somebody that I remember. I'll, I'll yep. figure it out. But anyways, uh, we've been on here for a long time, man. This is a great duel. We're looking forward to our finals matchup, 2018 versus 2013. That's going to go down this Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Um, and, and we'll be live, as always. So uh, we uh, we'll, can't wait to get into it, and we will see everybody next time. Thanks for joining me, guys.